All right, we're live here for another episode of the IP Address. The bourbon bottle is out. It's, it's that season. It's trade season going on right now in EBTBBY. Ira, welcome. Good to be here, Paul. Uh, yeah, I think this is a, I think it's a well time today, and we're right, right, really in the thick of the action right now. NBA trade deadline is, what, less than 24 hours away? Uh, and, it, and we're getting a lot out early here, too, uh, to add to that, I'd say. Actually, yeah, there's been a, it's, it's already so much happening. It's hard to imagine there not being some bigger pops before this is all said and done. And uh, we're in a nice bowl, I think, of the uh, the big boy year's trade action right now as well. So it's it's a good pause point. I think all is quiet before the storm that's going to come. I think people are waiting to see how the deadline shakes out. I do think someone's going to get screwed by by a trade that goes on in this deadline. Hopefully it's not me. It usually <laughs> seems to be me. Uh, it probably will be me with Mike Conley or something like that. But uh, you mean uh, screwed with your guys going down right until you get them? <laughs> you know, like I, I get them and then like they go to a team where they're getting the getting the ball like 50% less or something like mm-hmm. that. Like Evan Turner that one year that I was really good uh, when he got traded to the Pacers and basically didn't play the rest of the season. Uh, when the Sixers traded him, actually. Okay. It was the first uh, year of process. Okay. It sounds familiar. Anywho, you, you know, it was, it was on your request to bring out this bottle of bourbon here to, to kind of ease us in. So, you know, kind of what are your, what are your thoughts about the league going on right now? Uh, I think right now the league's... I, mean, I think the league, as we approach, you know, kind of like the uh, climax of it all, when, when the teams load, whenever, when there's probably going to be six or seven teams that feel very... Uh, five to seven teams that feel very confident about making a playoffs and, like, going into a sternum. Uh, it's always an exciting time. Yeah, and then you have to look. If you look at the other five teams or so, it's kind of it's often can be a sad experience. But uh, all in all, I think it's exciting, and it's been a while since I think both uh, your IP hosts could be in the playoff chase at the same time. It is exciting, you know. Both of us are locked in at this point. Locked in, wow. Uh, 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 kind of, kind of a. Uh, not yeah, a, just got over five hundred. It's already locking himself in. Kind, no, I mean locked. We're locked in mentally, Ira, as in focused. Uh, we're ready to go. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, last time I was kind of doing my half turn. Two podcasts ago, you'll remember, you kind of accused me of mailing it in a little bit, which which was accurate. My team was kind of in the slumps. I was down in, like, 11th place, down in the doldrums of the Levy and Dan. There's a reason we lost that podcast. Which, which by the way, I'm just going to point this out before we dive into things too deep here. People, try. Just try in fantasy. It, I, I'm not making 100 moves like, like you and Justin or Andrew, but just just try. And look, Andrew, Andrew has made a lot of moves and it hasn't paid off from this year, but, you know, his team wasn't very good. Uh, he had a lot of injury, poor luck. Yeah, the injuries were you know, really, yeah. But, like, you know, your Danks, your Levy's, the teams that are in the future in the positions of 8 through 10, <laughs> don't give up in week 8. Just hang with it, try a little bit, and, you know, maybe you can make the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. Hey, look, we, we, we finally have, or well, we still don't have a 16 even over 500 yet. So, <laughs> it's, you could still, you basically, it. If you didn't trade away your players, you probably would still be in it right now. Unless maybe you're Dan, because uh, and the injury's there, and Levy who just refused to bother managing. You're very loose with your words there. Trevier's exactly at 500, so yes, he's not over 500, but but I, I know what I'm but saying. But he's there, and that's that's <laughs> it's maybe the first time in weeks that we've had a, a sixth place manager at 500. It right? is, yeah. Well, so we just said you get over 500 <laughs> last week. He is playing John this week, so uh, the hopes are that one of them will will really crack that margin this week. Um, yeah, but good. Uh, before we dive in again, you made a comment off the air. Briefly, that you know, you're kind of hanging back and watching things. What, uh, what, what, do, you, what do you kind of mean by that right now? I mean, this is my own. Well, I think there, there's been a couple, maybe a couple blows. Like one, I think this, I think this will lead into what we're going to talk about today uh, with a lot of the yeah, trades. So, okay, well, yeah, I mean, the trade, uh, I call it fiasco. Other people might just call it, you know, I don't know. Uh, this is how it goes in the league nowadays. But I mean, that was certainly disappointing to see. Um, 
you know, we, we closed up our powerlifting shop and went home because, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's tough writing into the world and then having to see that's the world that uh, you're producing out there, you know? So I'm not sure my words really matter. But then, and then also just from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, my team right now is going through another wave of injuries. But at, at the same time, I'm, I'm in a pretty good position where I don't really need to give a fuck what's happening right now for the next month of action. I mean, I'm six games behind Gary for first, but being in first or second doesn't make much of a difference. Uh, yeah, you're you're pretty hard. You're gonna be pretty hard for either Corey uh, or Justin to track you down at this point in that second spot for the bye. Yeah, so it's, I mean, yeah. Somehow, still, despite your injuries, you have like six games. You know, I think eight games more than me this week. Uh, I don't know that's luck of scheduling or whatnot. That'll, that'll but. change. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, Otto Porter's not playing no more. Now Marcus Gasol uh, is crying and is probably a bus somewhere waiting for, at the airport. And so it's my team's in hibernation. I'm okay with that. You know, it's it, it matters what happens when you hit the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Look, I think my, my, my thoughts on the trade stuff would have been a little bit more passionate had we been able to do this a week or two ago. Um, I'll just give the kind of spiel I always give. Um it's tough and people are going to say well Paul you're a hypocrite you made a deal with Eric uh, I'll point out that Eric bid against himself a little bit in our deal um, but, I, don't but see, I, mean, I don't see how you what I, are you comparing the two deals in terms of no people have said to me that, that I, I, I you know totally ripped him off or whatever which which I, I mean to me that's nothing compared to the Justin trade Justin Justin was prompt to reach out to me after I made my trade saying that he felt that my deal was more unfair than any deal that he's made all season, I don't, I don't know. Um, but but he will not be vetoing because he's such a a big man. AKA, yeah. I don't I don't want this to be used against me in a court of law when Levy turns this league into a a full fledged uh, judicial system. Uh, I think my biggest gripes of the whole thing are one the Levy manipulation of, of things um, with with him not having any context for how he's approaching these rules. The the note, the, the trade rule whatever people decide, you know if they want to change that rule. Uh, the significant unusual transaction rule or whatever. I wrote the rule, okay? It was it was supposed to be very wide open so that if we felt that trades were unreasonable, um, they could be used in that context. Um, so for him to come out and say we never intended it to be that way, uh, that's a lot of horseshit. Um, I, so I, I don't like that. Um, I don't like him proposing you know rules without understanding like who's going to track them and think that that's not a big deal. Um, and and look. I think we need to address this in the in the summer. I'm not that optimistic that we're going to. Um, again, we'll call to action our our commissioner Garrett, who is really the one person that everyone kind of listens to. Uh, he said that he thinks something will finally happen this summer. He said that two years ago, and nothing. And he kind of bailed he, at the meeting. Oh, I, I, I Garrett made Garrett made an effort. I think at the meeting. I can't. I don't think Garrett's uh, the reason why this isn't changing. I think it's you know, this this is the mentality of the league, I, and it comes down to. Yeah, what kind of league you want to play in? Yeah, uh, I think we're talking about. I don't know. I mean, we didn't really get that right now. What I I, I think people might have interpreted my outburst in different ways. I mean, yeah, my issue goes I think more to how Levy was handling the situation. I think and taking the conversation in unfactual directions. Yep. Um. So we really didn't have a better a good understanding about the rule and yeah. You know, I, I believe in that you can interpret things differently now than you did then. But I'd like to have an open process where we put our Opinions on the table, at least, so yep. we know what we're working with. Uh, a, a few quick hitters on this. One, I think we need a rule in place that if you're below a certain win percentage, uh, your trades basically are subject to veto. Um, I, I think there's an issue with people just not giving a fuck and then not caring how they impact the playoffs, and I think that's a real problem. People, people will think that this is like, 
you know, we should have total laissez-faire. But I think it's a real problem when, you know, you have eight managers trying all season and then one asshole who's in last place, sorry, Dan, but one asshole who's in last place or second to last place decides that they're going to give away a player for nothing. It's nothing. We have enough evidence now that that draft pick swap is not going to help him next year, okay? We have enough evidence at this point. I have literally a graph that I made last year of 10 years of history showing that despite his high, higher-than-average draft position, it has not helped him at all make the playoffs. Um, I think in general, very few people have been able to take advantage of that strategy when they're only moving up a round. You go look at the draft board from this past year. The guys drafted between like rounds 8 and like 15. It's a total crapshoot of you know, injury luck, um, who busts out. There's not that much difference. So unless you're really getting a big haul, uh, these, these one-round these one moves are not doing anything for you. And when you're giving a guy to a playoff contending team, that is moving the needle in the playoff competition. And that's where I really have a problem. Yeah, that's, I'm I, preaching the choir here, I know. but Yeah, I, obviously I understand where you're coming from. And I certainly think I, mean, I want to have some sort of league competitive balance in place. And... You know, I think nobody wants to give somebody a hard time, and, you know, we're all friends here. But, I mean, if we're all friends here and that's why we're in the league, then as friends we should all be wanting involved and actually care about what's happening in the league. And if you don't, just don't make the trade. That, that well, That's that's a big thing to me. Like, people don't understand this. Like, people are, oh, they have the right to improve their team for next season. No. no. If you're not going to give a fuck about your result, and the reality is you're not going to give a fuck about your result next year, I'm not saying you need to leave the league. I'm just saying just don't make a trade. You know, if you're it, yeah. well, and it's it's funny. I think that's kind of where Dan's turned to now. He now is scared to make any deals, which I mean, that's not really. I don't. That's not. I don't want him to be an inactive manager either. I'd like him to participate, but if I, he's going to be inactive, go all the way on being inactive. Yeah, that's my I, that's I my whole thing. That, I guess that would be a solution. Yeah, and but I, I I don't know. I hope people take this seriously and realize that this isn't helpful to the league's process. Um, this is something we're going to have to deal with every year. It could ha- and there's no reason it can't happen again before the deadline. Um, I think I think you, we could have had a conversation with Justin last year if it had been recorded. And he was upset because Dan said he wasn't trading. And then he said, decided to start trading again. So, I mean, this is, yeah, it's... It, there, this lack of uh, light on what's happening in the process and how we really have no say in controlling what's happening now, I don't think is a good way to manage the league. Um but and we can hash it out again at the Olive Garden, or probably better there in Atlantic City Hotel room, I think. Yeah, well, look, look, I was a little cocky this yeah. past summer. We were going strong with the seasonableness of reasonableness. You know, we had a, a season where there were no issues last year. I pointed out in one of our earlier podcasts this year that I felt that was largely because Dan was competitive for most of the season, so we didn't have to worry. Yeah. Um, and the, the I really team, do think he's had a horrible injury year. But, but, but the teams on the bottom last year were Garrett, who is not going to do anything like that. And uh, not not Levy. It, oh, is Eric who also made a few trades early, but they were not yeah, anything ridiculous. Corey down there last and, year. and Corey, who was trying to improve himself going forward, and and who has now had a, a two year run of like competent man, managerial uh, skill. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's the thing. That's that's the whole difference. So the seasonable seasonableness of reasonableness is over. Uh, hopefully, we'll re pick it up this summer with uh, a much needed. Addressing of certain situations, um, but let's not let's not harp on this too long. Um, let, let's let's move on and um, 
I see you have on the run here down here. You want to talk about Chris Dapps for for two minutes? Yeah, well, I, I, we originally were planning to do this like five days ago, and I think probably everyone who's listening is had a similar, I think, mental transformation. It's kind of gone from like absolute shock and like this is a disaster to kind of like, all right, I see where this is going. Maybe the Knicks could actually uh, be okay here, but it's still amazing just to see how that relationship. I mean, there were some bubblings, but like it went from like fifty to like. A hundred in five seconds. I think when the book is written one day, we're going to see that Chris Tapps' brother was probably very involved in this whole thing. I don't think it was coincidence that uh, Rick Carlisle, like, shouted out Chris Tapps' brother in his introductory (laughs) press conference. He's always kind of been, like, the guy that, like, Frank Isola has talked about as, like, being the guy that's kind of, you know, causing trouble with not not winning. Um, Look, there's a different mentality coming from Europe. Those guys want to win, and they don't see the tank. You know, they can't see any benefit of when he's out for a year. Let's not be good, so we get a high draft pick. You know, there's a different perspective here. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but you know, we have a lot to talk about. Let's get let's get into the league stuff. Yeah, we can keep. Yeah, that's we'll, fine. We'll, 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 we'll get over the Chris well, Stapps. Stuff hopefully, Chris Stapps becomes something that we can actually uh, weigh this down the line a little more. And 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 hopefully, the Knicks will actually do something with this cap space that, that isn't Demarcus Cousins, Jimmy Butler that we want to kill ourselves uh, next hey, year. If you want a team to rebuild on, make it your own. I mean, the Knicks are a great landing spot. Yep. But uh, all right, let's get into the trades. We've actually had nine trades already, and we still have what I think over a week until the league's deadline comes around, which is pretty amazing. We're definitely going to set a record, I think. Um, I guess we'll, I think we'll start with your team and try and delve into what you've done because I'd say you probably made the most progress the last uh, the last couple weeks during the trade season. Um, so you did... With, Ooh, wow. I'm, uh, I'm flattered. Well, it's, I mean, just look at the rest of the league right now. You definitely have made the, the level up. I mean, I think you and Corey probably have been the big movers. Um... But you so you more so, I think your trade's a little better negotiated. And we did the, the Paul Levy, Willie Cauley-Stein, basically in a, a 13th for a ninth rounder. It's a pretty low-risk trade, I'd say, and just something to kind of open things up. Uh, are you feeling ex- you feeling optimistic about Willie right now? Or? He's had a pretty rough stretch since he's come to my team. But that said, like, okay, let's, let's look at the ninth round this year, and, like, let's look at Willie Cauley-Stein. Um... Willie was drafted where? Willie was drafted in the ninth round. So I acquired a ninth rounder with a ninth round pick. I'm doing... uh, Guys, I have my draft results from this year open up for a very specific reason. I traded a ninth rounder for next year for a guy who's drafted in the ninth round this year who's played better than ninth round. I traded away a 13th rounder, okay? And a guy who was probably a 13th round value. Or or 15th, but who really cares? So so this this is my point. Levy has an asset that's better than where he drafted him, and he only traded him for a ninth-round pick. Okay? I think I did well there, even if he doesn't quite have the value. There's a chance that he gets traded and kind of gets unlocked somewhere a little bit more. Think? Yeah, I think there's a, he's been getting some less minutes there because Bagley's been getting some more minutes yeah, recently. He's a bare free agent. And, and, and Giles. So, yeah, there's, there's an opening there if a team wants to resign him and acquire him. But, but look, I think uh, what I've really been bummed about is his steals and blocks have kind of been down since I've acquired him. But I think it'll turn around. I'm not going to judge him off a, a two, three-week sample size. No, um, the Kings are going to keep playing, so if he stays there... Uh, and, and they're going to play hard every night because they're going to want to do everything possible to keep in that mix. Yeah, so. there's, yeah, there's an opportunity with the Lakers sucking so bad. Yep. The Clippers giving up. 100%. And definitely, and so do you, I mean, you've got Conley and Brooke Lopez. I mean, I think, look, a six-round pick is pretty good value at a tenth-rounder. 
10 for 13 to 14 isn't much, but a 6 is something. Let, let, let's look at this and again. You can't say that Brook Lopez and Mike Conley are, like, flat out, like, going to be amazing. Mike Conley was drafted in the fourth round this year, okay? Brooke Lopez was drafted in the seventh round this year. So, again, what did I give up for that? Not much. I really didn't give up very much. I, I, I sacrificed less for next year to get a lot more this year, in my opinion. Um, Brooke Lopez, he's been blocking shots like crazy in the last few weeks. And hitting threes. Uh, yeah. And hitting threes. Like, oh, that's fine. And last year, he, was, he, was, he wasn't a bust. He had a good finish. But I had him all of last season. And it was a pretty rough ride for a fourth-round draft. But, but right now, he's showing like as like fourth-round value, I think. Um, so, 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 so actually wants to use him. And Mike Conley's showing third-round value. So I traded, essentially, when you think about it, I, I, re- I received a third and fourth round value player this year for a sixth and tenth round pick for next year. So to me, that's extreme value on my end. And I'm pointing this out because I'm saying to all these managers, guys, negotiate a little bit because you're all getting ripped off right now. <laughs> Everyone's getting ripped off right now. Wow. Paul, Paul is crushing a league is what he's saying. You should make more deals. It's not just me. It's, it's, right it's everybody who's <laughs> like and, – and this is my point about not making trades. If you're in a position that your season's over – Having a neutral draft board next year is not like I had a neutral draft board this year pretty much. I didn't really g- gain or give away a lot of picks last year, okay? And I'm in position to be a, a pretty good playoff team, potentially. Um, if th- if things break the right way, I I I could I could do stuff well. Yeah, I'm in the mix. I'm certainly in the mix. My point is my point is don't give like moving up these a round or two to give away real assets. Like did that really benefit Eric that much? I, I'm not really sure it did. And for all these teams that are that are low, hold out because like when Justin is asking you for stuff, like just hold out on him and it, he's gonna cave if he really wants that sternum and he's gonna give you something of real value. So just don't don't give in to the first, second, or third deal. Yeah, That's my say, point. I would say with with so many trades already, I mean you have to figure assets out there pretty thin. So if uh, you got players that but that's are, not true because no one's really given up that much of value yet. That's right, the, that's the crazy think thing. There's still a lot out there. I think there's still a lot out there, and and mm. yeah, like I think there's a lot of third and fourth round picks like that are available to be traded away. That's my uh, point. Well, the pick. well, yeah, no, but I mean like the actual, the players that you, that the good teams could acquire right now. Oh, there. Yeah, I think a lot of like. Like John, either John or Trevier is going to sell at some point. Um, I think Duran's going to sell. Duran has a lot of assets. They could both go for. Duran has a lot of assets. Duran, do not just give away your, your team for nothing unless it's to me. Um, you know, Turp Pride. Let's go. Dur- Duran made the, the sell, sell, sell post a couple of days ago, actually. So he was our, I guess what our fifth team now to break. Yeah. Uh, which is yep. Which is surprising after you were talking so highly of him. I think in our previous podcast, how like how could this team not do yeah, well? Yeah, I think he's had some injury. Unlock- Although he was more injury unlucky earlier in the season, that's what's kind of strange about the whole thing. I think Kawhi's been, uh, you know, on and off a bit. The sad thing here is, and and this is kind of like a, kind of a hard one is like Russ is not, Russ is not a top ten fantasy player anymore. Oh, no, top! No, he, I think he's like fifty fifth ranked right now. I mean, he's he's more like a boy, like borderline keeper. He's probably not- top two rounds, definitely like maybe, probably not. A keeper. And on Duran's team, he's probably not a keeper right now. Like De- DeMar DeRozan's been much better than Westbrook this season. DeRozan's a stable like, who wants, commodity. Who, who yeah. wants to keep DeRozan? Like we've all been there, but um, you know, if you're just looking at the numbers, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you got. I feel like you got to think Westbrook should come out of this to some degree. I mean, he's under forty two percent, and his free his free throw percentage dropped <laughs> two years ago eighty four point five, which was a career high. He dropped to seventy three point seven last year, and now he's sixty four point three. It makes no sense. Unless, like, there's something wrong with the shooting elbow. I don't know. Uh, and his three-point shooting has crashed even lower than ever before. 
and he was already like considered to be the worst uh, like high value three point shooter. Uh, I guess the modern Charles Barkley of our time. Uh, but it's it, Durant's team has really fallen off fast. It's surprising. It's it's rough for him. Uh, hopefully these guys turn around in a week so that at least uh, he can get good value for him if he does make a move. We'll see what happens. Let's move on to Corey. Uh, what what is the trade he made with Levy here? Uh, Corey did it was a, a low risk trade. He he acquired Javale from Corey. It was a uh, Javale on the fifteenth for Corey's ninth rounder. So uh, another one where Levy wasn't asking for too much, I think. But then again, I'm not really sure if Willie Cauley Stein or Javale were ever gonna be looking that amazing that you're gonna get much Again, for him. Javale was another. Actually, they were back to back picks. Willie Cauley and, and Javale. So Javale was a ninth round pick this year. Was it that early? Yeah. yeah. So like. You know, could he have worked for a little more value? If Corey really valued him as an asset, maybe. Uh, Javale's not that good, though, so, like, yeah, I don't know. That, one, that one's more of a reasonable deal for both sides, I think, in my opinion. Earlier in the year, maybe could have gotten more, but yeah. at this like point... Like, in the first, like, two weeks of the season, you mean? Yeah, like, the first month, he was playing great with LeBron, <laughs> yeah. And, then, yeah. and then LeBron took a what, seat. What, what, and then... Let's talk about his real blockbuster here. Corey trades with Andrew, a fourth, sixth, and seventh for De'Aaron and Horford in 13, 14, 15. Uh, that's that's a lot more going on there. Um, it's a lot of picks. Yeah, it's a lot of picks. You get the worst ones back. I mean, not the. I mean, you know, a tenth versus a fifteenth isn't the biggest degree of separation, but uh, so I mean, I feel like he must have been really high on Fox to want to give up this many picks. Yeah, I think Andrew actually kind of made out pretty well here. Um, I, I think De'Aaron Fox. So, where's De'Aaron Fox capable? Let's see. I mean, he could be an eighth round keeper next year, but he, this team already has a uh, Tatum. Who could be uh Well, I think Tatum could be like an eleventh round next year. Yeah. Tatum uh, Tatum could be in a ninth round. So next he may not even be a keeper, but he's given up the four, six, and seven. Horford is not much of a commodity to me at all anymore. He's playing well, but I'm I'm I've had Horford enough times with fantasy to see him disappear on you. Uh it's bizarre how his his role on a team can really fluctuate to such a high degree. And I also think that Boston might try and rest guys down the stretch, maybe just to let them be ready for the playoffs when it really matters. Yeah, and Horford would definitely be one of those candidates that's kind of the elder statesman of that team, too. Yeah, he's probably the most, I mean, maybe besides Kyrie, he's probably the second most important piece because the big man drop-off is pretty steep. 100%. No offense to Marcus Morris. I don't think you're going to be able to do it in the pl- NBA playoffs. Yeah, Corey tra- proposed me some strange trade today, Conley for Tatum, uh, with some weird picks. Uh, I was somehow giving up the higher pick there. Um, I guess you want to get the young keeper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess so, but, um, yeah, you know. And you have John Collins, anyway, that you can consider keeping right now. Yeah, well, so. although he's going to be... Because, you know, we give up a second... I kept him last year, so it's two oh, rounds oh, earlier okay. this year. So, so. a sixth-rounder, then? Yeah. yeah. Still still probably worthwhile, because the, the numbers he's putting... He doesn't really get blocks or steals, but uh, he's been kind of putting up, like, 20 and 10 recently, so uh, we'll see how that goes. I could also keep Kevin Herter in the 14th round. Uh, the value he's been putting up over the last month has been pretty... <laughs> Pretty nice. Yeah, he's. I don't know. It's still, I don't know if I'd be so convinced that. Uh, he gets like a lot of assists that too. Sticks. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and uh, Andrew on that end of the deal, um, he sold those guys. Um, do you think Giannis is next for him? Uh, I I am. I think it's gonna happen. Although, uh, from the, the things I've been hearing in the grapevine, it seems like Andrew's gotten some pretty good offers. So I mean, if he was gonna sell, I would have thought he'd do it by now. I don't because. I mean, you can get a lot of draft picks, like early on draft picks, and like what? Else? I mean, no one's gonna give you like another top twenty keeper no. back. I mean, no, from what I was understanding, he won like a two, like for the next two years, like a third and fourth round pick. Um, that's more than LeBron ever. To me, that. like I don't know if that's really. If I were him, I wouldn't even sell for that. No, Giannis never gets hurt. He puts up monster numbers. 
Uh, and you're not going to replace him. On top of that, his other keepers are all injury guys. He has Oladipo. He has Chris Dapps in a later round. Uh, and he has... The, Kyle Kuzma was his late yeah, round keeper. But, but, it'll, it'll be, but it'll be Porzingis. Eh, I mean, he has Kevin Love still in this team. And Kevin team. Love. Yeah. So those are three injury guys. Um, he's got, I mean, you know, he's scoop, he'll probably screw up a healthy guy or like, you know, like a Clay Thompson-ish type player. Uh, like that gets dropped during the playoffs, but he doesn't have good keeper options. I agree with you. And this team, yeah, this team definitely is in the need of some a talent infusion. I think for future years, because yeah, it's hard to imagine Chris Stapps or Old Depot or being that amazing next year. Kevin Love on the Cavs. And, but to me, again, like look what I did last year. I dropped Boogie. I dropped John Wall because of their injury risk. You keep you keep your stud. Mine was Jokic. His is Giannis. Oh, that's it and, turned out well for Jokic, but it's, yeah, it won't turn out that easily for everybody. But, but, but Giannis is just as good as Jokic, okay? Let's, let's not get confused. So there we go. So keep him, build around that, and then you don't need to, you know, you're not getting that kind of quality in the third and fourth round necessarily. Maybe the third a little bit. Oh, Zion. Well, Zion's probably the first pick in the draft, right? That'd be wild. I don't, ugh, that's, that's a risk to take him that early. I mean, I guess you have to have a, a fat boy pick. like you that. First you think a fat boy? Wow, you were face on in the first round. Not, not in the third, maybe the fourth. Okay, not in the th- okay, yeah. The fourth right. is kind of a rookie start to go, I think, in my opinion. Like <laughs> they're just got here, so I don't really yeah. know if we can really evaluate. Well, I, well, my point is, I took Aiton last year in the fourth round because I thought he was the start of the draft mm-hmm. uh, over Luca. Mm-hmm. I think Luca went very shortly after him, but uh, Luca was also a fourth rounder. Okay, both yeah, fourth rounders. Yeah, but that was and those I are mean, gen- those are those guys are proven to be generational fantasy talents. I think so. Um, Lucas been proving me wrong a little bit the last month since we last spoke. Uh, and, yeah, but and you have your own decision to make if you want to keep Aiden even. I, well, so. my team's getting too good right now. That's the problem. I have too many guys that are like top ten Got quality like player. Right give a... I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm I got some moves in the okay yeah. in the holster there. Got time. All right. That's All fair. right, Eric. We kind of discussed this trade with me. He also traded Blake and Draymond. And an eighth rounder for Ira's third in Montreal Harrell. You were really pushing selling Montre- Montreal Harrell, right? I think it's Montrez. It's Montre- I don't know. I'll never say it right. Well, in my eyes, I, think I had two keeper-worthy guys for uh, you know the end of a fantasy draft. So uh, there was no reason for me to continue holding him right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, and right now, I mean, who knows what he's going to be for the Clippers when they're done selling? If he's the, a go-to guy or if he's going to be on a new team, but. Uh, I have Josh Richardson for next season. I don't I'm, need Montrez. I'm actually really curious about their, the Clippers center minutes right now with um, Gortat. Well, well, Gortat was like getting DNPs before this trade. Like Bobon was like, not taking the minutes. I think Bobon like take turns. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. Maybe Mascal is going to take those minutes, but or maybe Montrez will just take I mean, Montrez even already, more. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's like one of those energy guys, so I think Doc doesn't want to. He wants to keep him doing what he does well, which is being like you know having high like, intensity. Having, yeah. He's got to have the motor running, but. I, liked, I mean, I felt like I got some good pieces out of this. I mean, but I don't think Eric did too poorly in this trade. I don't know, getting a third rounder, at least. That passes your uh, your value test. Yeah, least. I think it does. I, sp- I think especially because, to me, Draymond is not... Um, you you gave up Montrez, right? He got... I gave him Montrez also, yeah, so... You gave Montrez and Draymond? I got... No, I got no, Draymond no. back with, with Blake. Blake. I think Draymond is not really a great regular season player anymore for a full 82 um, so to me his value is not quite what it was Blake's having a great season but so but, uh, that does beg the question like is, if Blake is playing like a third round guy which I think he definitely is right now what did he get for Draymond 
No, for Draymond, he brought basically got a keeper, a end of the draft keeper, I guess, right? But then what did he get for Blake? Like the pick. And third for eighth. That yeah. was the that was the pick swap that you saw. Yeah, there. I guess I guess this is one of the more fair ones. I mean, I, I think personally speaking, uh, yeah, true to my own horn, I think I'm one of the more fair traders out there. I'm not interested in uh, robbing people blind. And <laughs> my other deal I did with Dink, and you know. For when I negotiated with Dan, which is oh, this is a fun game to play. Uh, well, I don't get the, the generosity. Don't don't play this game that you haven't benefited from, Dank. You were you were the subject of the arbitrage trade from a few years the back. Subjects. <laughs> yeah, when you when you got I mean, when you got Gobert and Beal for nothing, was, and then what? I gave him a fourth round or a fifth round. And then what did you get from me, Ira? I, you paid high because because they were worth that. In your eyes, but my point is, Dan could have got that ah, if he tried. Well, you, you gave two picks, also, I think, didn't you? I gave thing. more. I gave you back those picks plus some. You gave like one more pick. Okay, you didn't give me five picks. Right? That was it. Was up there. You gave me like another pick. It was up that there. That was your right. choice. It was up there. Didn't work out so well. Let's before. get to our favorite manager here. Justin sends a seventh rounder to Dan for Jarrett Allen and a ninth. Okay, Jarrett Allen drafted in the fourth round. Jarrett Allen was a fourth rounder. He's playing to his value, correct? Uh, he was probably close to it. Maybe a little under it at the let, time let, of the trade. Let, let, let's hit this. Actually, he was on like a block party, right, when the trade happened. So let, let's hit this. I'm going to open, it, open, it, open his window up in a new window here. And Jarrett Allen... Oh, that's not... That's, I want the fantasy window, not the... Come on, man. <laughs> what do you... What do you ask, rank? Yeah, well, cause, yeah cause it, yeah, it, yeah. give it his like player page. I don't want that. Yeah, I'll get it. You pull that up for me. Yeah, but... Got the rank. He was drafted in the fourth round. He's not going to go any lower than the fourth round. Dan got back a seventh rounder for him. He moved up two rounds and got nothing. What the fuck is that? It's, it's, it's a mystery. And he gave up... Uh, he's basically... He has been performing as a fourth round player this year, uh, cumulatively speaking. Uh, average stats-wise, he'd be more of a fifth rounder. So, yes. Jared so, Allen's so, basically performed to expectations. Justin, I know you listen to this podcast, Okay. Do not tell me that your trade was better than my trade with Eric. It's not. But you literally moved, you you traded a seventh rounder. You traded a seventh rounder and a fifteenth rounder for a ninth and a fourth. Okay, like that that makes no sense. It yeah. makes no sense. That's yeah, I'm. I guess was your was your goal here to I guess you, I guess you want people to realize what a good trade is for themselves in the league, right? That's, that's I want the board to know what a bad trade is because okay. is, what, what you got you got to value these guys at what round well, they're. I, I, I think worth. anyone could recognize what a bad trade is besides maybe but, Dan who and, and Justin who apparently thinks all his trades are golden <laughs> and and are no issues. You traded a fourth rounder and a ninth rounder for a seventh and a fifteenth. I talk about me. No, Wait, I think just, just well, the, play, the player he traded was oh, a 15th gotcha. round okay. value. We're talking about the players getting back, yeah. Right. Well, it's rare that he steals the player going back. Is there any value? In but that's my point. Yeah. You gotta you, you weigh them basically as a 15th round player. Uh, just uh, look, I it's uh, yeah, uh, it's you know, people. Everyone besides like I think Dan can recognize it was a bad deal. I don't know what Dan was looking at or thinking when he made the trade. Uh, it's just. Yeah, I don't see why we could we can't try and encourage Dan to do a little more. Or no, th- th- I'm done with that. I'm done with that. You do enough trying to get him to set his lineups for years now, okay? Like, uh, and again, I'm not suggesting that he needs to not be in the league anymore. I'm just saying that if you fall below a certain percentage, maybe you don't make trades. That's it. Or your trades are vetoable by just majority rules. 
Yeah, it's, it's 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 tough. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, there are other ways of doing it, but I don't think I. I'd be curious to know what people are open to. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could have multiple trade deadlines and lock it and say you can't keep players that are traded after the first deadline. My trade auction kind of idea, you yeah, know. Yeah. I've heard people like ideas of like having ranges for players based upon like how they're performing. To, well, look, sense. here's the deal for me too, right? Like, if if that was the best offer he'd get, I don't like it, but I could live with it. But to me, I like, I think there needs to be a mechanism at least for him to like publicly say, "Here's the best offer I have for this right now. Please, someone come try to beat this in the next like 24 hours." Yeah, no, there's, there's no reason you can't put in just a little bit of effort. Yep. Uh, you don't make the move, so yep. you, can at least, you can at least just check for the trades before you yep. send them through. Yep. But, uh, all right, I think the last team that made a trade we should knock off, uh, Garrett did make a little bit of noise. Uh, he traded a ninth rounder uh, for Jamal Murray and a twelfth rounder. Uh, another trade that was pretty, eh, it's a head-scratcher as to what... Uh, yeah, I guess we should have vetoed this one, right? So Jamal Murray... Can you look up who what the other player in that trade was? Yeah, yeah, I can real quick. Jamal Murray, he's actually hurt now, so it, it kind of backfired on Garrett. Well, which is also like I, I do always say like these bad trades, like the earlier they happen in the season, the less I care about it because <laughs> the risk factors. There's yeah. lots of risk factors. There's trade deadline stuff. There's injury. Jamal Murray is a fourth round draft pick. Oh, he went very early this year. Just uh, he hasn't. I mean, he was only like maybe like seventieth rank wise when the trade went through. But uh, let's see. here we go. Uh, he was. He went for Kevin. I don't know. For Malik Beasley was the player returned. All right. So a nine and nine and a fifteen. Is Malik Beasley like a fifteenth round value? I mean, well, I don't think it was drafted. Pope was rank. He's playing rank? better. This season he's been playing. I think a little better. What's his rank right now? I don't know. Yeah. God. I'm. I'm. I'm feisty right now, Ira. Jeez. Oh, I'm feisty. Paul's involved in the league again. Now he, now he wants to talk. Well, I think this is like the place where I'm thinking about right now. 128. So like quick math, that's like 11th round value. So uh, a, a ninth and an 11th for a 4th and a 12th. Yeah. Well, and the bad team is getting the, the lower assets. That's what I don't get. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I don't think anybody... You know what? Had I really done the math on that trade, I think I zoned out because I just assumed that Garrett made a fair trade. That was that. That's actually a worse trade than the Justin trade. I will admit that here. That is a worse trade than the Justin trade, and I apologize to Justin for not just because you think the value of the early picks is so much more than the value of the late picks. Yeah, because I mean, some people could say like it's, you know, it's actually well, three but rounds it's, of difference think versus about it. two rounds of difference. Think so. about it. The, the, the swap that Justin did. What I, what I say that was a fourth and a fifteenth for it's a, it's actually pretty much exactly the same. Okay. Well, it's uh, you know, I'm, I'm Jamal like, Murray's not as good. We both recognize that Jamal Murray's probably not as good as Jared Allen. Not this year, anyway. Right? He, so, so maybe that's the difference. He was, but... and, and Jared Allen has a skill set that not that many players in the league have, per se. Yeah, blocks, you know, blocks and, and high field goal percentage. Yeah. And good free throw shooting for a center. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's where we kind of perked up on that one. But th- th- this one is probably equally as bad. Yeah. It, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Think about what you're doing, folks. I don't know. It's kind of... I mean, there's no rhyme or reason why these trades are going through. Just, yeah. So, that, I mean, it's tough to operate when you have a manager that's just wanting to click yes. Um, yeah. But then, all right, let's go into the bubble teams that really haven't done anything yet. I mean, are you expecting John or Chibir to make some noise here before yeah, it's all said and done? I think, I think it's going to... Well, first of all, I was going to say how happy I am that John this year does not have the favorable schedule that he's had of the last two seasons down the stretch. <laughs> that... 
as I've mentioned many times on this podcast, I felt we're largely responsible for him making playoff pushes <laughs> that he had no right to based on his roster and constant 5-4 wins and 4-5 losses. Um, but, um, I, I, look, I think, I think they're going to make some moves as we go. I, I do have a feeling Durant's going to be savvier this year in his trade-making and, and kind of watch himself. Um, he's had, he's had a, kind of a few-year run now of competent managing, so I think he's going to maybe get some value back. Um, Trevier, I, I don't really understand how Trevier's team is even on the bubble and not like a dominant team based on his top guys. And at the bottom of his roster is not so hot, but usually when you have Durant and Harden and uh, no. I'm missing somebody... <laughs> Like, well, he's got Ben Simmons, and I mean, he's still got Steve Adams going, but Clint's out. I mean, Trevier, Trevier's... I know, he doesn't make any moves. Yeah, I mean, the guy's just carrying some dead weight on his roster. It makes no sense. I mean, yeah, I mean really, if Duran wanted to, you can make a few trades probably and overlead both of them if you want to like, make the effort. Yeah. Um, well, look, when we talk about moves, John has made 22 moves. Trev's actually made 32 moves, and Duran's made 43 moves. So they're all kind of in the same wheelhouse. John a little less... I think John is still not that comfortable making edge drops. Um, well, he finds the players he likes for his uh, prototype, and he doesn't want to let them go. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, let, let's take a look at their schedules it's going It's the reason forward. this guy can't beat Garrett when he has to go an opportunity to do it. Garrett has half his good players out, and John just can't fucking take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, well, so as I mentioned earlier in the pod, Trev and John are playing each other this week. Trev then has Dan, yourself, and Corey. So he kind of he has that big week against Dan... Um, but then he has two tough matchups against you guys. Um, John has Trevier. Uh, then he has Justin, Duran, and Eric. And Duran's that last week, and that's going to be a big matchup, I think. Things went well for John to get yeah. those two teams uh, deciding to give up. And then uh, Duran, also, Duran also has Eric. He has Andrew and John. So I, I think Duran has the favorable schedule here. He is trailing by... Let's see. He's trailing the sixth spot right now by four games, which is a lot. It's going to be a lot to make up. But uh, if, if Eric and Andrew's team kind of weaken between now and then, uh, he does have the matchups to, to kind of yeah, he make, probably needs make to get, that ground. He probably needs to hang on like for a 5-4 loss for Justin to really have a chance to make a run. He probably needs to make some trades, which isn't really Duran's thing. I don't really see him doing any blockbusters, but... Yeah, it, it's hard in that eighth spot at this part of the season. Like a lot, it, it's it's very rare in our league's history that the person in eighth during week what are we eighteen right now seventeen uh, to make a move to push for the playoffs. Um, even though he could be a team that like if he made if he acquired like two more guys, uh, like he he could be like he could be a matchup problem for somebody in the playoffs. Maybe I mean I I wouldn't like I don't think Corey's team's unstoppable like Justin's team. I'm waiting for Justin to make some noise because you know he's going to do something. He's trying. It's amazing he hasn't made a trade yet, though. I think people are... The kid used to be a lot more desperate. It, it's the Billy Bean syndrome where, like, after a few years of Billy Bean ripping guys off in Major League Baseball, like, people just don't want to deal with him anymore. And I think that's what we're getting. I think people are kind of, like, nervous that like, they don't want to be the person to give in. Um, that, that's just my hunch. That's my hunch. Maybe. I know. Huh? I have no facts to back it up, but it's. Yeah. I, I know for, that Justin's definitely reaching out to people for trades. So th- that's not the issue. I never got the call. Now I'm getting we, we can do beautiful things together. I'm uh, just happy that like almost exactly a month ago, Justin reached out to me to like try to raid my team, and here I am in fifth place right now. Okay. So like, fu- and I I started that runoff with after you kind of maligning me for not having any matchup wins. That I I came out with a six two one win over him. So. Yeah, well. Hopefully you can keep it going this week versus me. You know, we have a 
You want me to beat you? Uh, I'm expecting you to beat me. Wow. I mean, I, I think it's your own fault if you can't beat me right now. And well, I, my team doesn't seem to block teams. any shots right now, so... You're winning turnovers versus me, and I'm not even running guys out there. <laughs> Half my team's getting traded, so, you know, I'm just... I'm just getting a week off. I'm having a good all-star break. Um, do you think Garrett will have a perfect record for the season? And do you, do you think he wins it all out in the playoffs if he can pull off the perfect record for the season? So Garrett's remaining schedule is Ira, Corey, and Levy. Um, so Ira and Corey are the only ones. What I will play. say is he's playing you next week, which is that strange double week, which is surrounding... It's kind of like right after the trade deadline and, and straddling the all-star break. So weird things happen that week. Weird, yeah. things, weird things happen this week. So I think that's the best chance for a loss... Um, I, look, ah, man, it's hard. His team is really good, but his team is beatable. Well, it's beatable. Well, now that Davis is down, I mean, Covington's been out. Marriage is still out. So his team's been going through some shit. He beat me five four. He beat Eric five four. He beat John five four. Like, he, those are not dominant wins. And that John one was very very close. Oh, the John John had it, and yeah, I mean, just. I, mean, I don't know, we have to crunch the numbers, but I think, I think John could have done some things if he wanted to try and win that matchup. Yeah, at some point it'll cook with John that he actually needs to... Uh, and the thing is, John pays attention, so it's kind of weird to me that he doesn't make more moves, but I think he's just... I, I, again, I think he's not comfortable there yet. I just, well, I think he's watching for the satisfaction of, you know, his uh, boy genius schemes uh, coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fun. Uh, so, are you, are you feeling confident? I mean, right now you're probably staring at uh, Corey and yourself in a first-round matchup, I'd say. I don't want to be too cocky because cockiness usually, like, winds up with me jinxing it. As, as long as I get blown out by you this week, which you seem pretty optimistic that I won't, I have Corey next week, and then I end the season with Andrew and Levy. So I'm pretty confident that um, Duran, John, and, and Trevere have to kind of um, cannibalize each other a little bit. So that makes me feel good. Um, so I, I, I'm confident that I'm going to at least squeak into the playoffs here. All right, all right. That's good. Right, I'd be happy to if you could grab that six seed maybe and take down Justin. I'm happy to play you uh, in the semifinals. That could be fun. I'd love to give a little Bibsy for three action that oh, week. Yeah, that that would be my, my hope. That would be something. I was a little sad beating him 6 because I couldn't sing my Bibsy for three song. But. <laughs> there you go. Well, save, save for uh, the All-Star, uh, All-Star Saturday festivities. For the, for the taunting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, I had some more rundown stuff, but I feel like a lot of it is, isn't as relevant now that uh, things have changed since I wrote this five days ago. We missed out on seeing Kristen and the Noise. Yeah. That would have been a blissful reunion, I'm sure, for the two of you. Yeah. Um, Rutgers was on a winning streak, which was a. Uh, I mean, it just does never happen. So it seems like it had to be discussed. I mean, look, it was fun. Like I, I went to the Michigan Rutgers game last night. They lost, but it was. An entertaining game. They hung in. This team tries really hard. Uh, I think next year they could be really good. Like, they're really young. Um, they're going to be really deep next year. Like, the, the Rutgers' main issue usually is that, like, the one time they, like, they'll seem good, kind of like they're on the brink, and then, like, two guys will transfer out and it just totally fucks them for the next year. Um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case here. And, like, they have guys like Issa Chum who was starting every game last season. Next year he's going to be, like, the 14th guy on the roster. Like, that's pretty pretty cool. Good sign, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's coming. I think the breakthrough is coming. I personally, uh, I think two years ago, I, I made a sacrifice. I told my dad out loud, I'm like, I will gladly be happy with, like, Rutgers never winning another football game if it means that they'll make the NCAA tournament, like, uh, yeah. soon. Totally. So, like, I, I think my, my sacrifice is for my mouth to God's ears, and maybe it's coming hopefully sooner than later. Hope you're right. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully before uh, I have a kid or something. I don't know. 
It'd be nice to see one day happen. This is such an ira comment. Why before you have a kid? What does it mean? Like a you know, trick mark in life. I don't know. Just well, from our last conversation, you're not having a kid for another like 15 years. So well, you I, know. I, I don't know, I've been waiting 30, and I still haven't seen the records up here. <laughs> it's taken a long time for him to get. I mean, we were looking at that. We were we're looking at the their finishes over the years, and I, it's it's amazing. The Gary Waters era was the high point. Yeah, I mean, we used to mock that era quite passionately, and then and that was really the glory days for us. So. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just uh, learned to not have any confidence. Seems like the Knicks have a better chance of turning around for Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, all right, and you ready for shooting stars? Do you still remember how to play this game? Fuck you. It is I, my I just, game. It's your, I mean, it can't be your game if you don't play it. I, 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 I invented it during business law class. Let's never forget that. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know, this, I, this could I, be like how Levy created the Look, man, I went through the effort of, like, I texted him, I'm like, does anyone want to go to New Brunswick and watch All-Star Saturday? And, by the way, I made this game, like, and the real miracle, much like, you know, in Hanukkah, like, we were, like, we don't ever, we never talk about the battle that the Maccabees won. We talk about the miracle after that that the oil lasted, right? Much like that. The miracle wasn't all of us getting together on All-Star Saturday for the first time. The miracle was that after years of me coming up with, like, silly ideas and everyone saying no to them, <laughs> no one even... Like, hesitated when I proposed this new drinking game I came up with that had a timer and, like, all, these weird co- competitive angles mm-hmm. and doing starting lineups as, like, a, a goof. Like, people just yeah, bought in. And that happened, was really yeah. the miracle of shooting stars in All-Star Saturday to me. <laughs> I guess you probably caught us at our most degenerate drinking phase. That was probably... <laughs> I don't know. But, well, we were seeing... We were kind of... The writing was on the wall that our college days were coming to an end and we kind of had to bask in, you know, just having these shitty college apartments uh, while we did, so. Yeah, well, and here's to have to another miracle where one of your crazy uh, trade monitoring ideas actually comes through for our league one day and, uh, you know, the seasonableness of reasonableness becomes uh, something for many years to come. I have less optimism that will be a thing, Ira. Gotta fight the good fight, man. Gotta yeah. fight. We do gotta fight the good fight. And if we can't win that fight, man, let's just win the league, you know? Yeah. That's what I did last year. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try my best. Yeah. I think we, we got a challenge for you to watch, I think, a little bit. So, uh, is it time to get out of here? What's, Anything what's, else on the slate? Let's do it. Thanks for coming by on a weekday hour, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, yeah, you know. We'll, we'll be back, right? Probably as the playoff race comes to a conclusion. Gotta break down a few more trades. Well, God willing, our God we'll willing. Do emergency pot if we have to. I'll say, God, God willing. <laughs> God willing, you don't text me next week being like, we need to have a podcast. And, like, we're, we, we had a drink of, of bourbon here. Let's get this straight. Uh, we don't need another one where, like, we sat down with a bottle of vodka and, like, basically polished it off because we were both so depressed after our league trade deadline, like, two years ago. Yeah. So, God willing, we don't have that in about a week from now, so. Yeah, no. eh, God, God willing, I knock on what I got. I, got, I guess I got faith. <laughs> Let's get through this, guys. If, if anyone needs to, like, check with me, like, if, if they're making a reasonable trade or not, like, please feel free to check in. Yeah, but, maybe just, don't even, just, just wait by somebody. See if anybody wants, to, see if one person wants to top it. That could, that could be a good rule, I think, just to, like, you know. Is this really a good idea? Just let one other person get an eyeball at it. I'll leave you guys with that. Thanks for listening. Uh, Talk to you guys soon. Adios.